All right, guys, we are back for another special edition of the Barrage Podcast. Today, we're going all in year review COVID-19 special. We're talking with teachers, people who work in the field, what they've dealt with in this crazy, unprecedented year, um, how they had to adjust. And we'll pretty much get their feedback to see if they make enough money for what they do. I think we may have to you have to cut some salaries or something. Oh, I don't know. You, you know, I, 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 so, but seriously. <laughs> but seriously, I would like to introduce uh, one of the uh, special people in my life and also Dr. Latrice Towns Miller, program specialist at Union County Public Schools. We kind of joke that all she does is plays around with kids all day. Um, and my best buddies are Jermaine Williams. We also call him Coach Williams. So Jermaine, why don't you introduce to the, the, the listening audience what exactly you do? Well, good evening, everyone. I am Jermaine Williams, and um, I am a job coach slash OCS teacher for Union County Public Schools. Okay, so uh, I'm, I'm going to ask you a quick question. Okay. So who are you coaching? So, job coach is basically an individual who helps students who are who are transitioning into the working field. Of course, you know college is not for everybody. That is, but that, that is true. It Absolutely, it's a step for a lot of individuals. Now, OCS. I know you're like, well, what's an OCS? Okay. Uh-huh. OCS is occupational career studies. Occupational career studies. Okay. So, uh, which is a group of students um, that they usually start in the ninth grade, and these students are on a career path, whether it be HVAC, um, electrician, cosmetology, okay. things of that nature. Some even we have we had seven graduate last night. Oh, that was phenomenal! Congratulations! <laughs> Drum roll, please. Awesome. All right. And um, four of them will be attending college. Um, Three of them are going to IT programs, and the other one is going into aviation. So this is more like a, a trade type yes, scenario yes, yes. for individuals who are maybe don't want to go to college. Right. They take that career path for a trade. Yes, that would be the best way to put it. Okay. All right. Uh, we'll have uh, Miss uh, Doctor Towns um, introduce her herself and explain what she actually does besides tell other people what to do. Giggling that you can't get my stuff right, and Tony's not saying it, but he is my husband. So, oh yeah, I forgot that little tip yeah, too. That, that little bit. That's a little bit important as well. Yeah, a little, a little bit. bit. Yeah. Um, so my official job title is EC Program Specialist, and what I do is I support the special education program in seven different schools. Um, currently, I am all elementary schools, but next year I'll be elementary and the middle. Okay. All right. So. I know it's been a real rough, challenging year. It has been completely something that we didn't see. We didn't plan for. We didn't see, we didn't plan for. So it's been a lot, lot going on. But before we get into the dirty details about how your year went, what you guys have learned, and kind of break it, break that down, do a kind of post-mortem on the whole year, pretty much, we're going to start a section that we call um, opening a tab. So my opening tab this week kind of falls into uh, my whole post-COVID adventure thing. If anyone knows, I 
suffered COVID a few um, months back, was a little sick, passed out a few times. It wasn't about nothing, you know. Um, <laughs> Says the person you was going through, not the person that had to watch you going through it. But I've been, but I've been, you know, been back on my grind, trying to get my workout on, and took out something or took up something called CrossFit. If any of you guys know what CrossFit is, it is a brutal, hard um, training. Lots of weights, um, lots of cardio, very little rest in between. So one of my neighbors, they own a CrossFit gym. I signed up to get in shape. I'm doing a Spartan run coming up late, late June. So nice. I was telling myself, you know what, let me get a little bit more in shape from a cardio standpoint. You let Patrick trick. <laughs> <laughs> well, I figured if anybody could get me right, Patrick could get me right. So I've um, been doing a few classes. The few classes that I've been doing has been pretty based on strength. They've been showing me a few things, so I haven't gotten too tired. Um, I haven't died, didn't throw up, nothing, nothing like that kind of stuff. But was there yesterday, and was it yesterday? Yeah, yesterday. yesterday um, um, his wife, uh, Victoria, she had a little class that she told me would be very easy. Now, this is someone who works out about five, six times a week. Well, and I'm almost so. <laughs> so, um, she kind of lays out what we're gonna do. She goes, "We'll do this, this many rounds." There's something called the assault bike, and there's something called a roar machine. The assault bike is kind of like a, a bike where you're riding, but it has these large handles that you push forward and back, and you use your upper torso and shoulder to also help you pedal. So, and also a roar machine. So. So um, we uh, started doing that. I was with the regular class, and the regular class, I probably should have told her to scale it down a little bit because I'm, I'm a newbie, but I didn't tell her her that you no know, part. So I would say about halfway through, I'm watching all these other people, individuals who do this all the time. There was this young girl. She had to be like 18, 19 years old. Wasn't breaking a sweat. Wasn't. I mean, come on. She's you know, showing me up. I'm up here about to dive. So towards the end, there's a few rounds that I just did not do because I couldn't make it. So uh, when everything was done, uh, Victoria comes up to me and she says, hey, that was great. It, it probably was saying, this guy is sorry. He is pitiful. <laughs> and I was telling her, if you mean that I didn't die or throw up, I did do it. So that was my opening tab. Trying to get back in shape, like I used to be. I used to be a lot more fitter now, uh, pre-COVID, than I am now. Mainly it's my lungs. My lungs seem to be taking a hit. Not as spry. Um, my wind is gone. You know, Jermaine, you play basketball. You know, you'll say, we'll say a term that, you know, I need to get my second win. I haven't got my win yet. I ain't got my first win, the second win on a wet win. But that was my opening time. So First off, you shouldn't be doing anything called assault by <laughs> Just so you know. So so yeah, it was it was brutal. So it, it, all the guys too, one of our neighbors made a comment, you know, you don't have on your shirt, and I was telling them, everybody in that gym doesn't have on a shirt from a guy's standpoint. They look at you weird and be like, well, why are you on the shirt? 
Like, that has nothing to do with the gym, though. Left, like being without shirts. Like, you know, shirts. and Patrick agreed to me. Patrick said shirts are dope. Because he likes being without shirts. Yeah, That's yeah, Patrick right. does like being without shirts. But he's super fit, super real. You know, he's in fantastic, phenomenal shape. But that's what he does. I mean, that is, he owns the gym. He's a trainer, so he should be as a decent shape. Channeling in or Joel, you just rock a, a tank top. Hey, I got a few summer tank tops, man. I don't know about y'all, but we uh, we, we rock the tank tops from the South Florida high. So, Bradley, you know, anything on your tab? So, for my tab this week, um, just finished up last week my first official season coaching U6 soccer, which I figured you guys would appreciate PRAA. PRAA. All right. <laughs> so, coaching U6 has been fun and it's definitely like one of the cool dad moments for me, especially because my dad never did that for me. And to be able to do that for my little one, it was exciting. Also, I don't know how people do it full time. So it's just one of those things. It's like herding cats. <laughs> and it's. So, so you're saying the kids don't follow uh, don't follow directions is what you're saying? Selectively, <laughs> uh, it's one of those ones that like you guys have been around youth sports for a long like that. for mm-hmm. a long time. Yep, oh, Jermaine God. is Jermaine is a specialist. I swear he's a specialist. God yeah. bless him. And coaching your own child, I think, is a little bit of a challenge. <laughs> I see. He can he can attest to that as well. So yeah, it's definitely been one of those things that it was fun, and I will say that I thoroughly enjoyed it. It broke me a little bit. Like I am uber competitive when it comes to sports, and that was a little bit of a challenge this year. That you still wanted to be encouraged, you know, you wanted to encourage and also help kind of facilitate good experiences for parents and kids, and being able to do the shuffle like with parents and children. Patrice, yeah. I know you probably are dealing with that every day. So yes. I mean, you too. And it, it's one of those ones that I'm glad that I did it. I don't know necessarily if I'll still coach Flynn next season. <laughs> I'll still potentially do U6. <laughs> so Tony coached Monty one year, and I was like, don't do that again. He hey, it was, best, it was the best year of his life. <laughs> so I remember that. Yeah. Tony. Hey, hey. <laughs> he said, never know. coach him again. Because <laughs> you have the natural inclination to be harder on your own child than you are other people's kids. That is true. You expect more of them. Yes. So when you're coaching your own kids, they get frustrated because you're harder on them than you are on all the other kids. And you get frustrated because you know their potential. You know what they can do. So you want to bring that out of them. And that's great. But I tell Tony never again. Nope. Yeah. And it's, you know, especially we have some interesting teams. I mean, that was definitely one of the things that I had for the tab tonight too was, you know, I will say that I'm uber competitive and, you know, I'm definitely in the mentality if I want to go out and have my kids score 50 goals when they go play, but also they're six. They need to be able to learn and have a good experience. And we definitely had some coaches that were not necessarily on the same page with that. Um, so that I think was a little bit of a challenge as well. So overall, it was a great experience, uh, but it's definitely my little one playing responded better to the assistant coaches so i told the same thing to my wife i'm like i will coach but it will not be flint <laughs> flint can move on and progress because of the assistant coach that we had was um one of the other parents in the neighborhood and he listened to her way better than me so at that point i'm like i will gracefully bow out i've done my year and i will continue on with the other chances they come in so i will say this 
Um, my son, I have literally coached my son since three. Wow. My son is 17. Wow. So you've been through it. You, you, you've been through it for a minute there for sure. Yes. And there has only been four other men outside of me who have coached my son. Okay. So, or I was an assistant and, you know, the other guy was a head coach. Gotcha. Okay. What I learned was to separate the two and just you're right. It's a natural instinct to be on your kid versus everybody else. But I also learned um, as a teacher that we treat everybody the same, even though everybody has different learning methods, different way of doing things, a different level of skill. And I, what I learned with my son was, and we talked about it, when we're in the gym or we on the field, I'm coach. When the horn blows or the whistle blows, it's over. I'm dad. When I get in the car, and when he was in middle school, and even now in high school, I, we get in the car. I do not bring up anything about the game. Oh, really? Oh, and that was killing me. Tommy couldn't do that. I was, I was, I, I, was I was like yeah. pointing out every little thing you did wrong. <laughs> and so that's not what you're supposed to do. No, that's not how it's supposed to go. So. I, if he came to me and asked me questions, he would get in the car and we would drive. And then he would say, so what do you think about tonight, dad? And then I would give him my honest opinion. But let him and, initiate. You know, but let him initiate okay. instead of, well, why you ain't do X, Y, and Z? Or blah, 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 blah. Or, or <laughs> and these last few years, well, he plays varsity basketball for the high school. So this is going into year four coming up. So I usually, if you come to a game, you'll see me at the table doing the books and whatnot. So a lot of coaches will coach him during the game. At halftime, when he comes back out, he'll walk over, he'll say, Dad, what I need to do? And I would tell him, I said, hey, this is what's going on with you. If your shot is not falling, what's the rule? Get to the basket. You know, you got to play a little more aggressive. You got to settle down. I said, I know you're waiting to see how the game's playing out, but now you have to insert yourself. And all right. And he's like, okay, got it. Give me a pound. We do our little fist bump. Go back to your coach. Okay. So you have, you have a system that you obviously ironed out and is perfected. Um, I had none of that. No. <laughs> I guess. I was like, man, listen. I saw you out there. You should have passed I'm, the ball. You know, you know, you made a bad, a bad play right there. You know, you probably should have shot the ball then. See, that was me. See, what I would have did, I would have like, like a two step, a crossover behind the back, and went like this. See, but you did this right now. But he, he was not feeling. Well, that. not only that, you wouldn't let it go. Like, might be like, now have some fruit snacks. And he'd be like, you could have some fruit snacks if you made that basket. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't let it go. Fruit snacks are for winners, literally. Hey, it's sprinkles, hundred <laughs> percent. Sprinkles are for know. winners. That's right. Absolutely. Absolutely right. That's that's right. So so yeah. So so uh, trees. Do you have anything that you want to put on your tab? My tab is getting old. So I'm sliding into forty this week, and bless your heart. It, it, is, it is not kind. It is not kind. No. 
When I was young, I can do anything and not have, it didn't bother me. I'd go rock climbing, I'd go kayaking, I'd go hiking, and it was nothing. A couple weeks ago, I'm playing with my sister's kids because her kids are younger, and um, her grandbaby, my great niece, is in gymnastics. So she's like, I'm Trace, I can do a cartwheel, do a cartwheel. And I'm like, okay. I pulled a hammy and was hurt for like four days trying to do a cartwheel. Let's see. She, uh, and, but you have to understand she's accident prone. Too. I am maybe, accident prone. Maybe she left that part out. But, but, yeah. but even in my youth, I was still accident prone and didn't hurt myself doing everyday life things. I pulled muscles in my back just sleeping, waking up like, what did I do in my, like, Tony, were you beating me up while I was asleep? I, I just, getting old means I get hurt doing everyday normal things. And I think I've been out the classroom for about three years. So I feel like when I was in the classroom, I was much more active with my kids. That's elementary. So I ran around with them on the playground. I did activities with them. I did after school activities with the kids with step and girls on the run. So I kept myself active. Being outside of the classroom, I do not keep myself active. I spend half my day sitting in meetings. So I think that's hurt me too. Cause dude, I'm like, I have to stretch before I do everyday life things or I'm gonna pull something. And yeah, it's not fun. Like I still want to be able to do the active things that I did when I was younger as I get older. I still want to go rock climbing. I still want to hike. I still want to go kayaking. And now I have to stretch and be prepared for the pain that comes after, even after the activity, because it's just not going out and rock climbing anymore. It's stretching and rock climbing and planning to recoup yeah, for recover. a couple days after. That has to be planned. Yes. Anymore, especially when you're not as active as you used to be. So that is correct. That is, that is absolutely 100% true. So yeah. my tab is getting old sucks. <laughs> and that's a pretty good tab. I mean, yes, yes, hope you can yeah. attest to that. But also, you know, what to do now too. It sometimes sucks getting old, and some, but at least you know how your body responds to stuff at least. No, we're learning this as we go along. I didn't know I was going to pull a hammy into a cartwheel or I wouldn't have did it. I'd be like, no, baby. I'm sure going to watch you do the cartwheels. So that, so that was a, that, that was that was that was definitely uh, a learning um, um, experience. So Jermaine, you have anything that you want to get off your tab? So my tab today um, is not so much a beef, but so last night was graduation. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. All the graduates. Basketball practice started for next season. Football starts Monday. Are they starting a little early, or is this me? Is this how it always this has been? Okay, you know, culture. Yeah, no, but it, maybe I'm not remembering. But so, this is how it always has been. We didn't get with the body as soon as we, he was out for summer. It was like, okay, football. Yeah. So literally, so we were looking at his schedule, and I was sitting there thinking, I was just like. He starts at seven in the morning uh, with football, and he goes to about twelve thirty with mm-hmm. football. Then at 
from 12.30 to 3, he does basketball. And the thing, the thing that's, that's got me a little emotional is that this is literally the last ride. Yeah, the last, this last is, to ride. This, this, this is it, man. The last ride. And now he's doing, he's doing grown up things, you know, senior yeah. things. And it's just like, is he driving yet? Is he that, is. He has yeah. been driving for okay. over a year now. Wow. He has his own car. Nice. And just, just like now. You ain't going to see that boy. <laughs> so, here, we barely saw him. So I saw, so he works at Chick-fil-A. Okay. But, you know. Which is God's chicken. Right. If anyone doesn't know that. It is. But it, but Popeye's chicken sandwich. <laughs> We gonna talk about it. We got it coming into a close wow. second, no, or are they topping no, 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 the no. Chick Fil A sandwich? That KFC chicken sandwich is bomb, y'all. I yeah. had one the other day. It is. Popeyes still number one though. But Popeyes smacked your mama. <laughs> <laughs> chicken sandwich, not not sandwich. Sandwich, sandwich. Yeah. So the realization is, it's like, ooh, like we have a college visit, official college visit, this uh, Sunday. Then we have another one next Friday. Then we have another one next Wednesday and I'm like oh my god my baby boy is leaving me and I've said it if you if you know I get choked up I gotta go get a dog <laughs> because the reality is when he leave my house when we drop him off wherever he's gonna be I'm coming back home to my my beautiful wife and my lovely daughter but my boy is gone. Gonna be boy. a man or in, right. entering into manhood for real. For I say, real. I say mommy is manish. He's not quite a man. Entering in manhood manish. for real. He, and I agree with that because there's still things and there's, I feel like he doesn't need me, but then we have, you know how the kids, they be like, they don't ask you certain things anymore. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, they just do it. They just mm -hmm. get it done. But he still has moments where he's like, Dad, like the day he came in for practice, he was just like, Dad, let me tell you about practice today. And I sat down and I was just like, because I didn't go to practice because I had to go to work. And I was like, okay, all right. I said, I didn't pick my head in the gym. <laughs> but it was just, you saw that little boy still there, still there, the and excited. And he's just like, and then I was like, did you check the mail? Went to the mail. And it's literally every day. It's some college, uh, six stuff. to seven college. Yeah. just like, hey, come, come, come visit us, come see us. That's right. Hey, let's hey, play at the next level. Hey, no those life. college visits, man, they get expensive too, man. I'm telling you, you gotta find a hotel, you drive, you know, you gotta buy food and stay around. So, just to visit by itself will pay for a semester. Just visiting <laughs> all the colleges, you would end up paying for some. It could have been going to a semester, right? You no, know, you no, know, for for a college so it is definitely something that it's, you know you know it's it's a great experience something that yeah you'll never forget yeah. that your son never forget and it's it's that time it's know? that time and i'm just like really i'm going to look for it i said he will grab the day he graduates it's the day i'm going to find me a dog <laughs> from somewhere and that's gonna be my what's his name junior that's the dog <laughs> and how, how is your son gonna feel about that and you name the dog Junior, and he's like, wait a minute, come on, you're replacing me. <laughs> junior one, junior <laughs> It's junior one and junior two. He's, he's already like that. I was like, I told you, I will never miss a game. I will always be there. 
And now that we are playing football, it's now football and basketball schools are now emerging. By the way, shout out to the University of Miami oh, for that love, that lovely package that uh, came in the mail. Nice. Yeah. And I'm like, but you can't go to you. <laughs> it's all about you. Why can't your baby go to well, you? Well, first of all, it's super expensive too. Hey, I ain't gonna lie. But, you know that? You Oh yeah, no. this is uh, this is the gator guy sitting. Uh, the gator uh, sitting over here. So the reason why, and I, I told him, I said Miami is a different monster. Oh, woof! And Miami is two monsters. And I said, eighteen years old, by yourself, no one around. You don't know anybody. You have no connections. I be a dad. And woo child. Yeah. It made me a better person. Look, look, you talking to Dr. Towns Miller. I, I believe that. I believe that, but uh, the University <laughs> not of Miami. Not your boy. They kind of, oh, no, 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 no. He well, ain't. Lots of distractions. Yeah. Lots of, lots of distractions. And I I need you to. If to kind of dig in and stay a little bit stay, focused, is what you're trying to say? Stay focused. Stay focused. I mean, there, there, the package, it was, they were like, hey, come on down. And it was beautiful, laid out, DVD, whole nine, everything. And I was just like, oh, look, t-shirts, everything. I was like, oh, for the whole family? I was like, son. But I was, I was just like, look. But in, in the end, I said, wherever you land, we will be there. So, you know, my, my thing is, senior year started this morning at, oh, at yeah. eight o'clock. And, mm-hmm. 364 days from now, y'all might be, oh Lord, why is Jermaine on the news crying? <laughs> <laughs> my baby, my baby boy. But that's 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 my tab for the day. Okay. It, it All don't punch you in the throat when you drop them off. No, <laughs> don't you straight up. that though, is because this is for all you guys. Does that mentality change? Because there's points where like I tell myself, like, I can't wait for these kids to get the hell out of this house. <laughs> oh, you can. I, I think people think that those have to be two distinct things. Like, I can't wait for Monty to be an adult and be able to live his own life and me to live our own lives. But I also want to keep him home because he's my baby and I want to make sure he's safe and I'm making, making good choices. And I think you can have both of those feelings simultaneously. You could. It, it, it coexists. Yeah. <laughs> it, co- it coexists because he can, like, now he's, he's in. He's in the streets with his buddies. Mm-hmm. But I know that when it hits 10, where you at? Yeah. I, it, that, it clicks into where you're at. Are you on your way home? You start, Make sure that he's mm-hmm. safe and that he's okay. Or you you yeah. start to think about those things and you be like, and, yeah. he, and literally, there have been nights like prom was just a couple weeks ago. Junior prom. The, he went to the prom. And and I did not. Uh, he said that I'll be home, and I gave him a lenient time to be home. I said you can be home by just be home by one o'clock, twelve fifteen. He strolls in the house. I didn't ask no questions. Hey, I didn't. I didn't. It's a good kid. He he said following directions, man. That's awesome. Like, he's like we're good. He said it was a nice time. I, I, I really said I really enjoyed myself. Um, he took his girl to prom. You know, dropped her off and came home, and I was just like, "Oh, yeah, oh, okay." And and I closed my eyes and went on to sleep. That's that's, that's that's how you do it. That's, that's how you do it. And uh, that's the balance. Like, 
So for example, whenever I look in the napkin holder and there's no more napkins, I'm like, I'm money. <laughs> yeah. So so that, that's that's definitely something that whole another um, level of excitement. So. Um, I would like to give Master Tech Plumbing a, a shout out, my boy Matt. If you're in the area, local Charlotte area, please give Master Tech Plumbing a call at 980-613-8587. Master Tech Plumbing, the right way, everyday plumbers. And by the way, we're in the Master Tech Plumbing studio, um, so we're getting paid to say that. So I'm getting, well, not really. No getting anything but you know we're getting a little bit of clout so we will come back on the other side and we will we will get into and discuss the crazy crazy school year that we just went through COVID-19 post-mortem come back and get the professionals perspective kind of dig into what they did wrong what they think their administrators did wrong or what they did right what things they would keep did they have fun? Would they do this over again? Do they believe they need to get paid a little bit more for doing this? Like, listen, share, subscribe, the Garage Podcast. We'll come back and discuss, once again, the postmortem of COVID-19 teaching in the education system. guys welcome back to the barrage podcast we're sitting in the master tech studios here in lovely hot soldier in charlotte north kakalaki we have a special podcast edition tonight or today we have latrice towns and jermaine williams teacher extraordinaires in the education system we're going to be breaking down the whole COVID scenario what they went through trials and tribulations they went through the fire and all that good stuff but in the meantime, if you're in the area, please give my boy Matt at Master Tech Plumbing a call at 980-613-8587 for all your local plumbing needs. As we like to say, he will clean your pipes. He will. He'll let you play with the snake. <laughs> will he let you play with the snake or will he yeah, play with the snake? I don't know. Maybe for enough money. Yeah, I don't know. So who knows? So. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. So uh, I'm going to start off with a question that a lot of people may want to know from a teacher perspective. Jermaine, okay. did you guys ever envision this year being like this from the start? Would you ever think it was going to be an actual school year? Was going to happen? Honestly, I felt that there was going to be the opportunity for bodies to be in the building. Um, but I also knew there was a grave concern among teachers and even students about uh, how to get COVID, who got COVID, the information is, you know, shared about who got COVID and the protocols in it. Because within the school year, like literally um, teaching virtual, you know, you either were virtual or you were in person. And, you know, of course we started off with two days 
in person based on your last name, two days home, and it was a four day work week, which I think absolutely was probably the best thing in the whole <laughs> You saw the four days that you guys were there, it was like, could have been five days, but you're okay with the four days with breaking up the, uh, is it remote yeah. learning mm-hmm. versus in-person learning? Okay. Yeah, so the four days, the, the four days were great in perspective that on your fifth day, which is a Friday, that you had time to actually allow students to catch up. You had time to actually do stuff that you needed as far as grading papers, because you got to realize I have two groups of students that I'm teaching. I'm teaching virtual students and I'm teaching in-person students. So the learning whole stratosphere is totally different. So were there two different learning type yes. plans that you guys were doing? Well, so for high school, it's a little different from elementary because from almost the beginning, elementary was four days back. For high school, I think there was a misconception among parents and, and people that weren't in the school system. The teachers were only working two days a week because their kids were only coming to school two days a week. But teachers were working every single day. They had one set of kids um, two days a week and another set of kids two days a week. And they had to find a way to give all of that curriculum to all of those students um, in that amount of time. So they saw their teacher two days a week in person and then two days remotely. Um, So I think one thing I want to clear up for parents, first of all, you were not homeschooling. Teachers were teaching, your kids were learning. Um, but second of all, teachers worked for four days a week and they, the, what made it difficult is they now had two sets of classes where they would have only had one if they would have been in the building. All right. So Brad, from your perspective, being a, a parent, did you think or at the beginning that uh, there was a adequate plan for your kid did you understand it did you have did you have some reservations about what that work yeah and you know we ended up lucking lucking out a bit too because our preschool shut down for a little bit and i think it was probably a month and a half two months that was just complete shutdown and then when they came back it was all in person but the you know the challenging thing was you know, A, sending kids back, you know, especially with a lot of the unknowns, because it's one of those things as a parent that, like, well, I don't want to necessarily expose my kid to something that, you know, potentially is going to be there without them knowing, just, you know, especially with asymptomatic stuff and things like that. So it was definitely a weighted decision. Like, my wife and I went back and forth a lot that, you know, are we going to send them back? But you're also looking at from, especially for my kids in particular, the in-person and being able to have the actual experience of having classmates around and stuff like that. I think the good outweighed the bad. Now we did that. And then over the last year, I mean, my kids have had more COVID tests in the last year because <laughs> they've ended up, and I'm sure that you guys have had to deal with that. With, yeah. You know, if you get somebody that had an exposure, then basically the classes shut down for two weeks. And I mean, there was even an instance where my three-year-old's class had an exposure. He was out for two weeks. Literally, the day that we sent him back, 
we got an email the night for my five-year-old that was like, somebody in his class got exposed. So, so guess what? We need another COVID test. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, it's been, you know, they've been troopers. And, you know, that's the big thing, too, that I think that we don't necessarily give kids enough credit for how resilient they are with stuff like that. Because you, would, I would have never assumed in a million years, especially my kids, that a three and a five-year-old would have been able to handle this as well as they have. I mean, even And the some, kids, a lot of them did, did adjust. Yeah, some some are, didn't, but they're resilient. Kids yeah. are so much more valuable than adults. Yes. So a lot of the complaints I heard about the protocols and going to school and all those things were adults. Kids, when we, when we told kids, okay, you're going to go to school two days a week at the beginning. They're like, okay, at least I get to come to school. Then we said four days. Okay, at least I get to come to school. You have to wear a mask in class. Okay. The only people, the only kids that complained were the ones who had parents scream loudly. The kids were just fine. Um, and I think we, we take for granted just how quickly kids adapt to a new normal. And they're so much more adaptable than adults are. And that's the thing, if you don't make it weird, then mm-hmm. it's, I mean, we would, when we, I took Flynn to, it was like just some random like target and it was to the point where max mask mandate was still on and there was people that didn't have masks and, and i mean he was like why aren't he, i mean he was calling people out I mean, <laughs> kids are brutally honest <laughs> why you ain't wearing no masks hey, hey bro where your mask at bro <laughs> and he supposed to be wearing masks <laughs> yeah my, so my five-year-old was 100 that one is like what, what you doing Where's your stuff at? So this, this, was he, this was when he was walking around in the in public areas. He was kind of saying, that's, that's oh, yeah. interesting. No, that's funny. But so, yeah, I mean, it was the norm for him. And, you know, it's unfortunate that that was the norm for what it was. But, you know, I think between the parents and, you know, teachers doing such a great job with stuff that it, it made things not as crazy as you would think. Like, I would have thought my kids would have fought that tooth nail. Like, but now it's just, it's expected when they come out, they're like, I forgot what that's in back. It's amazing how, it's amazing how the, the body and the mind kind of, kind of calculates and adjusts. So I have a follow-up question for you guys. Do you think, without throwing anybody on the bus, do you think from a top-down perspective, did, was there a foreseeable executable plan from your, not, not throwing anybody on the bus, from administrators top down, do you think there was a vision, this is what we're gonna do, or you think it was more of learning on the fly and things constantly being changed to fit a narrative, pretty much? So I honestly would say that from, from day one, because, you know, even when it first happened, March 12th, uh, I say was the day of reckoning. Because if if you have kids, you know that March 12th was the day that E. coli had tested positive in the water. Oh, I forgot about that. So, <laughs> I forgot yeah, about yeah, that. Poop in the water. Okay. So, <laughs> poop in the water and COVID. And what COVID. can you ask for? So, you have to remember, three days later, shut down you started seeing it happen and we were we had to go to school we had to come to school and then and i will never forget uh our principal got on the intercom and she said i need everyone in the cafeteria now and in my gut i was like we're about to go into lockdown 
<laughs> you you kind of felt that, huh? It's about to go It's about it's about to go down. Yes. Okay. And literally, she said, "You have to be out the building. Get all your stuff. Get all that you can take with you, and leave the building by twelve noon." And at at that point, my mind started thinking about the kids who use school as a safe haven. Use school, those kids, you know, come to school for lunch. Those kids who have learning disabilities, who now academically is about to be put to the test. And, you know, she she laid it out. She said, this is what we're gonna do. Like, there were so many Zoom, Google Meets. Um, <laughs> People became real teams. familiar with Zoom. Like it was, it was unbelievable. It was just like every day, we got a Zoom meeting, we got this meeting to go to, we got this meeting to go to. You need to prepare, you need to do this, you need, and it was just like, okay. And it was just, you can't go to the school, right? like literally the day when I, I even just drove by the high school and the sheriff was sitting at the entrance, not even, <laughs> not even to the school. Don't think about it. It's like, don't <laughs> just don't keep on just driving. Keep it. on driving, and, and I literally just get your phone. Wait for the circle and come on back around, going back to the house. But it's um the plan. The plan was executed fairly well. Yeah. So I'm so I'm in the middle. So I'm my job is in the middle. Uh, the views of the Trees Towns are not expressed. The, view, the views of the Barrage podcast. I ain't said Oh, are we gonna get into um, that? No, what I'm saying is, I get to see I get to see everything from the middle. I wasn't at a classroom perspective or a teacher perspective, and I'm not at the very top of central office perspective. My job is right in the middle. I'm just gonna tell y'all now. And she was home eating bonbons. Lies you tell. Don't be telling lies on me on your podcast. She was getting her nails done, y'all. Lies you tell. I leave this house for months. Everybody was flying by the seat of their pants because we had no idea what was going to happen, how we were going to do this. Um, we weren't used to remote learning on a large scale and how to make that happen. We weren't used to how to be fair to kids, but still hold them accountable. So that time from March to the end of the school year, we were kind of flying by the seat of our pants. I think when we came back to school, there was more of a plan in place. My only problem with the plan in place was the school system just in life just isn't like the squeaky wheel gets the grease. So that was that was gonna parents, be one of my yeah. that was one so, of that was one of my questions well, that I was gonna ask. So the parents that complained the loudest were the parents that wanted their kids in school. They my kid needs to be in school, my kid needs to be in there five days a week. So I think we spent a lot of time as a district figuring out how to get kids in school, which is not a bad thing. But I think we could have took some time too to figure out, we talked a lot about getting kids into school for those kids where school did all these things that school was not designed to do. So 
for those kids that school with the mental health health aspect. It was lunch. For those kids that school was lunch. For those kids that school was the first line against abuse at home. Absolutely, yeah. So we talked about getting kids back in the building for those reasons, but we never talked about how we can support those kids in the home. Because even when we got them back in the building, they weren't, especially middle and high, they weren't in the building five days a week. So how do we support those kids getting food? How do we support those kids getting um, those kids getting mental health services? How do we spot signs of abuse when the kid's not in the building so they feel safe to tell us these things? So I feel like we didn't take enough time to figure out how to support those kids at home. Because we also had to keep in mind that regardless of how we opened up school, even if we opened up school five days a week, we still had a subset of the population that had the option to be home. And some of those kids that were most at risk were could have been at home. They could have been at home because, you know, they lived in a multi-generational house because of income. So their family didn't feel safe to send them to school because of exposure. Um, they could have been kept home because that abuser didn't want them to go to school and tell everybody what was going on. So those kids could have been at home and we really and we really focused on getting kids back in the building because they may be exposed to this, 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 instead of trying to figure out how to support them, whether we have them in the building or not. And that was my biggest complaint. Now, was, was that one of the things that did it seem like most of the parents that were pushing for the, I want five days back, were the ones that were doing it more so for them or more for the children, in your opinion? So I'm going to be brutally <laughs> honest in this answer. Yeah. For themselves mm -hmm. because what you spoke spoke on about some of them about you know the security of, of food mental health um just safe space so real talk the majority of kids that were in school that came in person were caucasian kids there was a very large population. A middle, kind of middle class, kind of nipper. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, a population of black students who did not come. A population of Latino students who did not come. And did not come because of a threat. We didn't know. We didn't, you know. We have all the information about right. the disease and what it could right. do, and it was just maybe take it home to the grandparents or something. Like right, because you have and that's another thing. You have a lot of grandparents who live, other family other families, raising kids, yeah. mm -hmm. and especially in a multi-generational home uh, with some Latinos, you might have four generations living under one roof, and all it takes is one person. To expose, and then everybody and, is in a situation. And let's be real COVID is one of the most racist diseases I've ever seen in my life. They were affecting black and brown people at higher rates and more significant um, after effects. Um, so those populations were more nervous and with a right to be. Okay. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Now, was that something too? Because, you know, especially, I mean, 
and I hate using the term like or the phrase like PTSD, just but like it has given everybody, I think, to a certain extent. Like for you guys, I mean, because I know when I've gone back to the office now, like it's almost that eerie where <laughs> I'm still kind of you know, walking around like you hear somebody cough and also you're like, oh god, start spraying my it became a rule in my office, and I will be the first one to say I made the rule. Tony will let you know that I have a little bit of anxiety about things. Just so a little, it is a rule. Just a little bit. No, 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 it's a rule in our office that if you cough, you have to say, not COVID. <laughs> so we know, like, you got allergies. <laughs> yeah, it has an actual rule. You have to say. I made that rule. If you cough, <laughs> and it's not COVID, like, you got allergies or something, you got to say, not COVID. Wow. Okay. So, Jermaine, to follow up on that question, when it when it comes to you know the social, economic type uh, um, um, discrepancies of a lack of a better word, do you feel uh, that we supported some of those kids or most of those families? Because I was reading through the media and, and kind of finding resources when it came to the internet, and they didn't have remote internet. They talk about lunches and then food they didn't uh that was some of their first meals and second meals i can remember when i was a kid that was my first meal and my second meal before i got home so i i know that's a real a real thing do you think that the whole covid thing and it has exposed a lot of social ills and economic issues and so on and so forth but from a school standpoint do you think that like what was saying some people a little bit more selfish who actually had resources to take care of the kids at at home but they wanted them to be out of the house and in school so they can have their day free and do what they wanted to do was that disproportionate when it came to different sub segments of the social economic ladder it 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 was because this is a very unique thing um i have some students who who they are poor. They are poor. And I I worried about them being able to eat. I worried about them being able to even have, they gave, you know, I'm quite sure money, you know, at some point at a hot spot that the school gave them is just like, you know, you can work with this. We, a lot of places, a lot of kids didn't have working computers, didn't have hot spots. So, it was one of those things that the have and have nots, because I even look at my own kids. My daughter was a champion, like a serious champion. Like she was up, I'm got my Zoom meeting at 810, I'm good to go, blah, blah, blah. She she handled it, even my son. Um, but I know some of his, you know, some of his, his friends who struggled because they just didn't have the resources, the resources, or what they can do, with it. what they can do, and they and once they the state made the decision that, well, we're going to promote regardless. You took we once you made that knowledgeable to all kids. I don't care if they were had a 5.0 GPA. Once you made that knowledge right there to to a lot of students. Well, I really ain't got to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that is your high, motivation. That's that definitely your high school bubble. That's, yeah. And that's and that's what you ran into because now you have 
the, the social economic status, the bottom barrel, was just like, you know what? Well, I just show up next year. Yeah. yeah. And then so, you have then you have those who some of them took advantage of it, but the vast majority was like, you're not even going to fail me. I can do yep. nothing, and you're going to either give me a pass or fail, just like in college. Yep. Or I can say it's COVID. <laughs> um, it's a pretty much a lost year. There's so it, many built-in, so many built-in things that could say, listen, we just didn't right. have the resources, or it just wasn't a, a, a fair fight when it came right. to actually achieving the the goals of what you want them to do. Yeah, I would say that. From my perspective, there are some things that we did very right and there are some things that we did wrong. So I think the fact that they, even this year where they gave kids the option to come back to school, the fact that they kept lunch and breakfast available for every kid was something that we did right. So even if you were on remote learning, you can go to your school, get breakfast and lunch. And I must say um, that's, that was pretty so, impressive. About yeah, that. yep. So I think we did that right. I think we tried to give access to any third through 12th graders that didn't have access, making sure we're giving them hotspots, um, Chromebooks. If there is like, there is a black hole on Ice Morley where even with hotspots, kids couldn't get on. They put a bus with a hotspot there. So kids, yeah. all kids had to do is go close to that bus in order to get online. So I think that we really did look for ways to um, bridge that gap when it came to food and when it came to um, internet access. I think the one thing that we couldn't bridge, um, and I think in some ways we didn't try to understand was that human capital um, thing. So where, you know, that last bit of COVID um, at the at the beginning was Amani's senior year. So he had a parent at home, like, dude, did you do your work? Dude, did you do your work? Which right. is a whole other story, y'all. We won't, um, we won't get into, do but, you want to get into, yeah, we, yeah. we won't get so, into, so. He had that human capital to make sure I made him motivated even when he didn't motivate himself. Um, for certain kids, they don't have that human capital. Um, you know, some parents don't have a real focus on education or some parents are at work all day, so they are not home to push their kids. And I think one thing that we didn't push more as a school system is teachers checking in and figuring out why those things weren't happening. I think a lot of teachers fell back on this kid is struggling, he needs to be in school. But they didn't try to find out why that kid wasn't in school. They didn't try to figure out why that kid wasn't hurting um, So I think some kids fell through the cracks that way. On the opposite end, I've seen some fantastic teachers that I thought were fantastic teachers when I saw them in the classroom, but really go above and beyond. In the height of COVID, I saw teachers taking, in the height of COVID, and this was not me because I, as I previously mentioned, I'm anxious, but I've seen teachers take food to families, jars of peanut butter, bread, because they know that, you know, they have an elderly grandmother that's scared to come out during COVID. I've seen them sit in, you know, driveways and work with the kid, with the kid on one end of the driveway and they are, they're on the other end of the driveway because they knew remote learning didn't work for that kid. So I know the teachers have taken a beating this year, but I have seen some amazing people be even more amazing. So, so Brad, from a, a parent standpoint as well, did one of your, your kids there in, in a, a kindergarten? Kindergarten? Uh, they were in pre-K. Pre-K. So did you see or uh, feel that 
what uh, Jermaine and Latrice was talking about. Uh, some kids were like, you know, I just got to show up anyway, and it'll be fine. Okay, I don't have to do a whole lot. You know, especially with my my oldest that's going into kindergarten now. You know, I think that he he was super resilient with stuff, and going going into it, he he definitely picked up so much. I mean, the exposure to being able to be in that school environment, I think for him was fantastic. The virtual stuff, I know, you know, especially like you guys were talking about, it would have been a struggle. I mean, even those weeks that they were home on quarantine and stuff like that, it was a challenge because my wife, my, my wife permanently works from home. I was working from home, so I was, I was there. And it's hard because, you know, and from the parent standpoint, you want to be able to dedicate that time to them to be able to be there as a resource. But at the same time, it's hard because you know if you You're have working. meetings and things like that. Yeah. You know, luckily I think this year, also you know from from my job perspective, has shown that you can still be productive at home. And I think people have been a little bit more understanding because if you were working from home before, then. You know, you would be so terrified, like if a dog would bark or a kid would be in the background. Or now, it you know, it's one of those things where people don't have that freak out. Where like, you know, he would come in and be like, "Daddy, I want to play Marvel." Like, you know, where he like <laughs> plays, you know, Switch or Xbox, and I all of a sudden, we're gonna go, "Daddy, I got a poop." <laughs> oh, that too. That too. That, that can that that happened as well. So I just yeah. Just pictures of some little cute things. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yes. So, well, also thank God, like I'm not on video most of the time on the <laughs> because there have been multiple times where Flynn will come butt naked into the room and be like, Daddy, I had to change for the third time today. And I'm on a meeting, I'm like, dude, I'm like, gotta get out. Like so that I think for us as you know, for us specifically, like that was hard for me because you know, as a parent you wanna be there as a resource and you wanna be and you want to be supportive and I know like especially you guys have had such a struggle with that because you know it's already kind of put you behind the eight ball a little bit where like crap you know a lot of these parents are invested or they're not necessarily as involved and it, it's hard you know it's a hard balance so I think for everybody who was trying to juggle you know the work life plus the home life and then making sure from the educational piece that you know you really want to be there so I think for me that that was kind of the the big thing so um, once again, we're here live in North Carolina talking to some educators regarding their experience from COVID-19. Also, once again, a shout out to Master Tech Plumbing. Uh, give Matt and the boys a call at 980-613-8587. So we're going to come back and kind of get into the uh, tie up our conversation when it comes to the postmortem of COVID-19. All right, welcome back to the Barrage Podcast. Before we went to break, we were getting into some real deep conversation when it came to social economic challenges and all the things that the teachers had to deal with and go through this year. Now, some kids didn't take it as serious or figured that they'd just show up, they pass, you know, make it through anyway. Zero, zero. You said kids had a zero percent. Zero. Zero point zero zero. Did nothing. Okay. All right. You sat, put a name on it. I was going to say, you get like five points for spelling your name. Turned off their camera and just hung up. So 
Yeah, so kind of what what Tree said. Yeah. So so they hold on. They 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 logged on to the computer. Right. Turned off their camera. Turned off the camera, and then they walked away. You know what was going on. Sure. And, and and then so when the session was over or the remote running was over, what did they do? Did they come back and cut it off and say bye? No. I mean, no. They don't have to. When the teacher leaves, it shut it down. That's a good start. <laughs> That's. <laughs> Being alive is good. <laughs> it's kind of like that online driving course. So you, so you, so you literally said, "What is wrong with y'all? What are y'all doing?" Oh what yeah. Doing? Yes. Oh yeah. Yes. Many so, days. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So. <laughs> you guys are interrupting their Fortnite set. Yeah. yeah that's what's right. going on. <laughs> just to clarify, and just to clarify, Alicia, you guys are a little bit different. So you were full remote most of the year, correct? Yeah, we got six A, five A schools. Kids. Wow. Teachers work harder than they ever have worked. Ever. Ever, ever? Ever. Yeah, so I, I can totally relate because it was kids didn't want to turn on the camera. Mm -hmm. Because here's the thing that we say is there's two different groups of kids that you're teaching. You're teaching virtual kids and you're teaching in-person kids at the same time. 
literally so, at the same time. At the same time. So, so what we're doing right now, this setup, mm-hmm. is literally my everyday setup. <laughs> wow. Is is the computer is on, uh-huh. my camera is on, I have my microphone on my hip, I am walking around. Heavens forbid if I did not load up the document into Canvas to for or assign or open an assignment for the students to see, which will cause another problem. And I'll say that was one of my pet peeves this year because it wasn't everybody. Our EC teachers had to do both. So did you have different lesson plans? Did you did you have different lesson plans? It was the same no. lesson plan it was for the, the virtual and it was the same lesson plan, but when you for EC, um, it's it's just a totally different ballgame mm-hmm. because they all really and truly have different diagnosis and learn at different cognitive levels. Have we, different needs and different needs. So. I had like I had one young lady, uh, Latino student, who she she can be smart as a whip in certain areas, but in some areas she truly struggled. So she needed one-on-one attention, but she was virtual. And heavens forbid if she couldn't log on. If it, if, if Microsoft Teams went down, oh my <laughs> oh, Jesus! Geez, wow. It is it is it's a problem. So she so, really had a hard time. So she truly had a hard time, and her her parents her parents even got on. You would see her parents in the background, and we tried to get the young lady to come to school, and they were just they were so adamant. Nope, nope, can't do it. Don't know it. Can't do it. So literally, and then I had freshmen. On top of that, I had ninth graders. So I literally, I had, I taught ninth through 12. So I had ninth graders. And once again, earlier, like I said, the ninth grade white students whose parents were, were pretty well off, they sent their kids to school. Mm-hmm. The ninth grade students who, who parents may have, you know, struggled, their kids didn't come to school. I'm literally, like you said, I'm literally using my planning period. I'm leaving the campus and I'm going to put work material into their mailbox because virtually, you know, on a computer, it just didn't, they couldn't get it, they couldn't understand it. So they needed a hard copy. So I'm literally driving, using my my, my planning. Your own I'm car, getting, your own time. My own car, my own time. Hey guys, I'll be back. I'm going to drop off some work. Wow. And Extraordinary. And those, those students, wow. it was, they were twins. So, and they had the same teacher. So I literally gathered all his teacher's work from all his teachers and I'm putting it in the mailbox. And I'm like, look, I need you to put your assignments in the mailbox and I'll pick them up after school. You know, the next day, mom worked the third, worked third shift. So those are, it was just, it was different. So you, you, you find, you find a way. And it was just like some of them didn't want to click on and, and be seen and some of them nope and then you had the thing of it got to the point that anybody in Microsoft Teams before they secured it anybody can join any class mm-hmm. and there was there was so yeah. many man um we had kids 
we had kids popping down to central office meetings. Like, why are you here? How did you get the link? For wide open like that? Yes. They had to end up, they had to do a bridge. They had to do a bridge to close it. But like, yeah, we literally had kids popping on the central office meetings and we're like, why are you what? So some kids were in other classes that they weren't supposed to be in? Yep. Yelling. They <laughs> so so wait a minute. He didn't he didn't have time to learn anything in the other classes. He took the time out to get a costume, log on into somebody else in somebody else's class that wasn't his and, and why wow. I could I could totally see my children doing this. <laughs> and I will say admittedly, there's random times where y'all would pop over to my house and Thor may answer the door. <laughs> As far yeah. as okay, yeah, that's a that's another point. So with yeah. using the the Zoom and the team meetings, was there anything that you saw you guys think, saw that completely shocked yeah. you, or you didn't, or you didn't yeah. want to see it? Didn't so expect. I will tell you, I think the worst of the situations the teachers are coming to me about have been kids on quarantine because their parents aren't used to them being home. So I had a teacher come to me because she needed to talk to a parent. She's like, I have no idea how to talk to this parent. They did something really inappropriate on a Zoom, and I just don't know how to address this with them. And I'm like, okay, so tell me what the person did. I'm, I'm gonna guess. Go, go ahead. I'm gonna let you see. Ooh, so she said <laughs> the kid was quarantined. The kid had been in school. The kid was quarantined, and the dad who works third shift came home and yelled out, "Get naked! Get naked! I'm about to eat that!" Whoa! And, and Woo. the teacher was like. I need to address it. Whoa. Now, first of all, this is a young baby, really religious teacher. So she couldn't even tell me the word naked. She goes, he said, he came in and he said, get in, get in. I'm going to eat your pee. I know you're a legal adult. You can say the word naked. So that is a definitely a window into if it wasn't for COVID or Zoom you or meetings, you would have no I idea. So, so, uh, so, so this is, this is another question. I'm, I'm gonna ask, I'm gonna ask all y'all. I'm gonna start with Jermaine first to kind of piggyback on what my sister said. Uh, um, since the foundation was kind of crumbled this year, some of these kids, do you think there's a big gap of learning that they will have to make up from this year? Is it like a pretty much? as you said, like a lost year. Uh, it is. And um, even for my own personal experience with my son, because he was in math three, uh, when we were, you know, going into lockdown. And this year he's in math four. And the first two, nine, six weeks of the school year, he struggled because he didn't have the foundation from last year. So he ended up, I ended up, I ended up telling him, go back to your, your old teacher, go to her study hall. And that is how you're going to get caught up. Because he would say, I don't understand the concept of what they're, what they're talking about. That's why I'm lost. It's like, that's why daddy, that's why I got the grade I got. I don't understand. So lucky enough, you know, he, once again, you had parents, this is where you need to go. There are kids in the building who lost so much that it's it it might not recover. They might not recover. 
even if they're giving them extra years, too, they might not recover. And that's and that's the crazy thing because now you are sending these kids off to college and they are not properly prepared to do the college thing. But there's a there's a severe gap if if in, in it. So it's it's almost like that's why they that's why summer school is so big this summer. I don't know if you're aware, but no, I'm, I'm not. So summer school is being offered uh, for Union County schools, and it's it's like, hey, if you know you need it, or it can help you pass, you need to go. Just like it used to be back in the day. In, instead of, you know, hey, we're just gonna, you know, get you some credit credit recovery. This is essential. This is essential. Okay. And there are a lot of kids who are, who are signing up for some school. So for my, yeah, so for, for me, it's a little bit of both. So for elementary school, I don't think the gaps are going to be that wide because those kids have been in school four days a week with remote learning on the fifth day since um, September. Yeah. So those kids haven't missed as much, right? They've been in the building. They've been getting the instruction. When you talk about middle and high, and then I do think for our elementary through high school remote learners. I think there is going to be a gap to what they lost and it's different for every kid. I've seen some of my kids with autism do really well in the remote learning um, setting because social skills is where they struggle and we took that out of the picture when we did remote learning, but they're going to have a big gap in social learning when they come back to school. And then some kids, the academic piece remotely was really hard. So. I think we're going to see elementary for remote, yes. Elementary in person, not so much because they've been in school. Well, guys, once again, thank you for coming on the Barrage podcast. It was real and um, informative. I learned a lot uh, from teachers, even though I live in one because she doesn't really work. Um, but like, listen, share, ah, subscribe, the Barrage podcast. Master Tech Plumbing, call my boy Matt at 980-613-8587 for all your local Charlotte plumbing needs. If you're ever uh, in town and need anything, Matt, once again, will clean your pipes and let you play with a snake. Um, so once again, Jermaine Williams, Latrice Town. It's, it's been fun. I learned a lot. Postmortem COVID edition. Um, Hopefully we won't have to do this again. I would say we should do this again next year, no, but we won't do this no, again next year. Because no. these cats, they gonna do that work. They gonna learn or they gonna fail. Because Miss Miller said she ain't having it. I'm gonna me a dog. <laughs> All right, guys, thanks. Appreciate y'all. Peace right. out. Peace out.